We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm Nick Faye. With me as always, Jack Manuel. And Jack, we sadly are talking about a Nets loss to the Knicks, 106-124. The first time the Nets have lost to the Knicks in 1,100 days, and it sucks. Yeah, it feels emblematic of a, a lot of final losses, a lot of firsts, bad firsts that are happening for the Nets right now <laughs> uh, the, in the Sands, KD, Kyrie era. Sucks to lose to the Crosstown rivals. Not many positive takeaways, but Nick, I can't wait to get into it with you, despite the loss. Yeah, that it's tough. We're going to jump into it in plenty more. Make sure you check the buzz on all streaming platforms. But Jack, where do you want to start? Nick, I want to start with the second half. 45 points in total in the second half compared to 61 in the first, including 35 in that second period. And it's very similar to what we saw in, in the previous game against the Sixers as well. What's going on in these second halves? Yeah, the second half wasn't good. Offensively in the first half, you had Spencer Dinwiddie score 20 points on his own, was hot in that half. Tried to do a lot of that same stuff in the second half, but wasn't hot. The Knicks were giving him more attention, and the offense was just very stagnant. You know, there just wasn't enough inclusion of everyone on the floor. And the only way this team is going to win games and be successful in the short term is involving everybody because they don't have that superstar talent. They need to make sure that everyone is touching the ball and there was possessions in this game where Spencer's taking a, a pick and roll opportunity and pulling up from three, two seconds into the shot clock. Like that's just not going to work with this team. He's not Kevin Durant. He's not Luca. He's not Giannis. There just has to be involvement. And I also think creativity from the coaching staff and just also off ball and player move uh, ball and player movement needs to improve drastically for them to be successful. It was just a really bad performance in the third quarter and credit the Knicks for coming out with good energy and being aggressive and physical. And the Nets not doing that. Do you think, you know, we actually heard from Jacques Vaughn a lot pregame about it, a, a lot of different things. And one thing I took away was he said he wants to put the ball in McHale's hands a little bit more, let him initiate a lot of the offense. Did we see much of that tonight, Nick? You know, Mikhail Bridges, 29 minutes, two of eight from the field, one of three from three, two of four from the free throw line. Did have three assists, five boards, uh, three turnovers, seven points. Spencer had eight of 21 from the field, three of 10 from three. Hit all nine of his three throws, four assists, three rebounds, and a steal uh, to go with his two turnovers and the 28 points. So only eight in the second half for Spencer. But how did you feel about Mikhail? Did, did he have an increased role at all? I felt like he had a bigger role in, against Philadelphia, and his involvement was 
limited at times. And that wasn't even due to just him. I think that was due to the ball sticking. You know, there was just too many possessions where guys were trying to do too much on their own, specifically Spencer Dinwiddie. And Mikel was just kind of in the corner and they weren't even looking to that side of the floor. I think he needs to be a little bit more aggressive in terms of like calling for the ball. Coaching staff needs to make sure that he's getting these possessions. Um, there was a couple of plays where I thought the Knicks did a good job defensively of just getting him off his spots. I think physically he needs to get stronger. You know, that lower body and core strength that we've talked about for clacks in the past or, you know, that we talked about with Kyrie Irving being so successful, having that strength and not getting moved. I think that's a big jump for Bridges over the summer that could help him take his game to the next level, but still not involved enough for arguably the Nets best player, you know, just and also not enough minutes. There were stretches where he was just sitting on the bench for a long time. And it's like, Vaughn, you know, this is a young man. This is not a, a old vet who needs his minutes restricted. It was just. As I mentioned, the coaching was very strange in this game, and the overall flow of the team was very bad. Yeah, I think that segues nicely into a couple other discussion points I wanted to ask you about, Nick, because we mentioned Jacques Vaughn and his issues with the rotation. You know, We expect him to be making some improvements. Obviously, there will be some teething issues, but this minutes distribution is just really confusing. 29 for DFS, 27 for Cam. Cam Johnson, sorry, uh, 29 for Mikhail, 23 for Clax, 33 for Spencer Dimity, 22 for Roy, 17 for Joe, 15 for Darren Sharp, obviously a bit of junk time in there, 13 for Ben, 20 for, for Cam Thomas, and the rest of the guys, Utah, uh, DDJ, and Drew Smith had four apiece. Like, what's going on here? That looks like a preseason man distribution. You know, when you are just trying to play everyone and get them some burn. He obviously is confused. Um you know, some of that is understandable given it's a new roster, but at the same time, there seems to be no rhyme or reason to the lineups that he's playing. And even like Cam Thomas not being one of the first guys off the bench with a team that struggles offensively and has defensive pieces to cover up his mistakes. And Nick Claxton playing 23 minutes, honestly, is a joke. Clax has been the Nets' third best player, and that includes Katie and Kyrie when they were on the team. I, I don't know if his hamstring was acting up, but there's no way he should be on the floor, especially against a Knicks team that is huge and has a ton of size. And you're playing Dayron Sharp and Ben Simmons, two of the worst players in your rotation, over Nicholas Claxton, who's a guy who's just had had a positive impact on the entire season. And it just watching the game, it's like Vaughn did not lean into any style of play. There was, like I said, there was no rhyme or reason to what he was doing. It wasn't like he went all defense, he went all offense. There's just a, a lot of confusion and just like a lot of these big lineup switches at times where it's like he's subbing in multiple players. And it's like, dude, I really just don't know what the plan is here. Yeah, look, in, in relation to Clax, I think one of the few highlights from the game was his sort of transition, you know, take to the rim. And that's just... You know, he probably uh, played the best defense on Jalen Brunson out of anyone on the net. And that's saying something, man. We know how good he is. And look, Mikhail probably wasn't at his best uh, defensively tonight. But Nick Claxton has been, you know, otherworldly defensively this season. He obviously is one of the best switch defenders in the league. And look, that's that's an easy remedy. and it's And it's just like... It's sort of the frustrations that we had around Steve Nash about the minutes distribution. It's just like, yeah, you've got a lot of talent here, but you need to figure out a way to utilize it. How would you, What changes would you make, Nick, in terms of the rotation? Would you change the starters at all? Would you increase Cam's minute load? How would you remedy some of the issues that are happening here with the Nets? Because a lot of them are offensive. Some of them were defensive. I thought that they were pretty bloody poor defensively tonight. But how would you change the rotation? What would you do if you were in Jacques Vaughn's ear? Yeah, I think the bench units were terrible. Uh, I think it's very important for him to stagger uh, a lot of these different lineup combinations he has. You know, 
two of his best offensive players are clearly Spencer Dinwiddie and Cam Thomas. And Cam needs to see substantial minutes. He played essentially 16 real minutes because he was in four minutes of garbage time as well. He needs to play 25 to 30 minutes. And yeah, he's going to have some bad stretches, but he's clearly maybe the most offensively talented player on this team. You know, he's not fully polished in terms of NBA terms, but he needs a bigger role. And this is a guy that we just talked about last week. He had three straight games over 40 points. He joined a list of Hall of Famers. Like, yeah, I get it. There is a struggle with Cam at times, and defensively he makes mistakes, but you are playing other guys that are terrible defensively. Joe Harris got embarrassed in this game defensively. Jalen Brunson made him stumble. Daron Sharp stumbled multiple times. Royce O'Neal honestly wasn't even that good defensively in this one. So, like, I don't understand the excuse for not playing Cam Thomas. And then, as I mentioned, you know, staggering guys, Mikel Bridges, DFS, probably two of your best wing defenders, if not your two best wing defenders. You want to keep one of one of those guys on the floor at all times. As we mentioned, Claxton, I think I'd also look to keep either one of Claxton and Bridges on the floor just because they're both defensive player of the year type of players. And then I think spacing-wise, too, you need to make sure you have – good three-point shooting out there. We saw a lineup that had Ben Simmons and De'Ron Sharp. Why? Yeah, that, that, <laughs> why, Jack? Why? <laughs> I don't have the answers, Nick. Uh, I, my name is Jacques. <laughs> my name is Jacques, but uh, my last name isn't Vaughn. I, I'm yeah. sorry. I don't I don't have the answers for you, my guy. I think but... my Jacques would have done a better job coaching the Nets tonight. Like, this, this was really... And obviously, I'm more emotional than I typically am on the podcast, but this was a horrendous coaching performance from Jacques Vaughn, and that's somebody we've supported all year when he's taken over, and he did a bad job. And also, as I mentioned, Spencer Dinwiddie was a ball hog in the second half of this game. There was just... A lot of reason to be annoyed with this performance, and the fact it was a loss to the Knicks makes it even worse. Yeah, this is some Freaky Friday shit. It feels <laughs> like you're taking on my role. I'm taking on your role as the objective observer. But we'll, 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 look, I'm loving this. I'm loving it <laughs> nonetheless. But We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. There are there has to come a point where you know the the teething issues as as we alluded to become a non-excuse now. Like you are now the head coach, you've been the head coach for a while, you've done some great things. Of late, you haven't look, 
a lot of people are sort of saying KD covered over the issues that Jafon had as a had as a head coach. He did that for Steve Nash basically every single game that he was. Available. And he made a lot of players look better than they actually are. And I, yes. I don't mean that to be mean, but that's just a fact. Great players are going to raise the floor of lesser players, and that's what we saw with a lot of guys that are in the Nets rotation. Yeah, and look, I, I think that you can probably make the argument for Royce in that. And I, yeah. I would not say Clax in that. I, I think Clax, it's like, you know, how are they beyond, how are they as a solo player and an entity? I think Clax needs to be given the opportunity. His conditioning is on point. He is an otherworldly defender. He is a very improved offensive player. So easy little remedies here for Jacques Vaughn. It's just like, if we know the answers, how can he not know the answers? It feels like he's... Ex- what I've, I've said a lot about Steve Nash was like experimenting for the sake of experimenting. It's just like, wait, why are we doing all bench lineups when we have like 10 deep and we have like six of them are wings? Like, why are we playing guards? Why are we playing two bigs? We have so many guys that can space the floor. Why the heck, as you alluded to, why, why, why is Ben out there with Dayron? Like, it's it's just, it's silly. Like, it's silly. It's stupid. It's dumb. It really is. I mean, it's confusing. And I think... It's important to note, uh, the Nets are a deep team, but there's clearly players that are better than others. Like, there's clearly guys that are a tier better than some of these bench players, and treating them as the same or trying to match some of the minute load just doesn't really make sense. And again, I think offensively, the defense was bad, but offensively, there was just no flow. Like, I don't understand how they played better offensively against a, a very good Sixers team. And the Knicks aren't a bad team. They're a solid team, you know, solid to pretty good. And the Nets could not get things going. It's just like they didn't come in and match the proper energy in this one. And I think that's what's very disappointing. Like, this type of team needs to play with energy every single night. Yeah, every single minute, every single like moment that they're out there. And I think that there needs to be a, sem- a semblance of simplicity to yeah. like, here's how the offense is going to work. Spencer, drive and kick the ball. Cam, drive and kick the ball. And he's done that pretty well, actually. I- I've liked the sort of wraparound passes that we've seen of Cam Thomas of late to, you know, whether it's Joe or DFS or, or whoever else is out there. And then, look, Cam, if you want to take your mid-rangers, you can take them. Spence, if you want to get to the line a billion times, you do it. Stop arguing with the goddamn referees. It's something that I think that made us pull our hair out from 2017-18 to 2019-20 before he did leave. So I think that there's, there's ways to unlock the best versions of this team. Obviously, talent, hard work, chemistry, all those different little things. We aren't going to have the best of nights every single night, and the expectations aren't going to be as high as they are. We're going to have to deal with these sort of issues, the the losses to your Knicks and maybe your Magic and, and all these sort of teams. You know, the, the Nets, thankfully, still have given themselves a bit of a cushion to maybe outplay the playing tournament, but it seems that they could be heading in that direction. But I think simplicity is key. You know, just simplify the rotation, simplify the game plan. Like the game plan defensively is easy. Just like let these guys defend because the starting five we've seen like in that Sixers game, like they'd never played a freaking game together, yet they're locking down two of the best offensive players in the goddamn league. Like you don't need any defensive coaches there. We need some offensive simplicity, some offensive sets out there. Yeah. And I think defensively in this game, we saw them use, you know, traps and double teams for Joel Embiid. Jalen Brunson got hot in this game and they were hunting guys and they did not really make any type of adjustment to slow him down. And he was huge for the Knicks. He was plus 23 in this game and dropped 40 points. And like, yeah, Jalen Brunson's on a heater right now. I think he's been cooking for the last couple weeks and shooting like insane percentages. Be prepared for him going into the game. And yeah, he gets some some hard foul calls that, you know, a lot of players aren't getting, but he was four of eight from the line. So it's not even like he lived there. I just think there was just... 
a very bad performance across the board from a lot of guys. I think it's just very disappointing when they play so well and compete with such a good team in Philadelphia and then come against the Knicks and just don't match the level of play and execution. And shooting is always going to be all over the place. It's a high variance thing, three-point shooting. But they still shot 41% tonight, but probably didn't generate enough looks, only 29 attempts against the Knicks. You got it right, the nail on the head there, Nick. I think there needs to be a minimum of 35 shots there. Yeah, 35 and the Nets shots said they want 40, and I, I like 40. Yeah, look, I like 40 as well. When you, you, know, you need to play the math game when the talent isn't there. You can't yeah. go ISO, ISO, ISO with the two best isolation players in the league anymore. You need to generate higher quality looks. Three points is more than two. You know, I'm not trying to be reductive and 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 dumb everything down, but like some of it just is. It's just simple stuff, and. I, I guess, were there any positives to take away from, from tonight, Nick? You know, obviously Spencer's first half. Anything from the Twins? Anything from DFS? Any Anything here and there that you might be like, hey, there's something there maybe. Cam, like, Cam wasn't cooking against the Knicks. We've seen some great performance he's had against the Knicks in the past. Unfortunately, he wasn't either given the opportunity, nor did he execute. Any positives? Um Utah looked good off the bench in his garbage time minutes. I think he's showcasing why he should play. DFS was good. Can I three. ask you about Utah, yeah. Nick? Just to, to interrupt. I know DFS, it was good to see him get the three ball going. As you alluded to, I was having some very slight worries, but I think he's going to be more than fine. I think that Utah should be like a little bit of a small ball five over Dayron Sharp. Like He's him, better than Dayron Sharp? Like, why not just play a guy? Like, yes, he might be food, but you have four other switchable defenders there. If you've got like, at least two other good defenders next to him and some good, like, help defense or, or you know, good guys on the back line, why not do that instead? Because then it at least spaces out the floor for you. Utah works hard. He's a good rebounder as well. Why? Daewon Sharp should never be playing more minutes than Utah Watanabe. And I get I'm a Utah Watanabe stand, but I also think that I've been pretty fair, and you and I have been pretty fair with Daewon Sharp over his career. Yeah, I think Utah obviously would give the Nets more three-point shooting, gives them an energy and effort player, gives them good length. And if you are essentially switching everything, playing De'Ron Sharp doesn't quite matter as much anyways because he's getting switched into mismatches. Like I said, Jalen Brunson made him fall in this game. Like, there, it's, it's going to be a struggle for him to switch on the guys. That's not a skill set. Utah allows you to play with that style of play. So... I'm all for playing him more. I think you try to eliminate the bad players in the rotation and you have to adjust your style of play. And yeah, maybe that's losing on the boards a little bit more, but adding another element offensively. We touched on it very, very quickly at the end of the Sixers podcast about how the Nets could play five out and how that would open up a lot more things for the offense because defending in space is just that much harder. In in general, Nick, the final thing I wanted to ask, we'll get to the Ben Simmons, the BS report, not the Ben Simmons report. You get my, my shorthand mixed up, and you might dive into the individual players a little bit after. But we we heard Ben Simmons speak to media, and he's the good thing is he can be somewhat accountable, somewhat forthright, somewhat self-aware, but also not at the same time. He's sort of saying like he doesn't know what his role is and, and all these different sort of things. When I'm just like, my guy, like you can just play basketball, like play some defense, run hard, Past the basketball, like you can just be a, a hooper out there and impact the game. You don't need to think about what is my role. Like, am I a five? Like, he clearly doesn't want to be out there banging against big guys. Like, give me some more takes on the BS report brought to you by unnamed sponsor. Uh, I think BS report had some plays in this game that were bad. You know, you look at game, you know, plays in the first half where he passed out of a, a layup at the rim and passed the ball to Nick Claxton's feet. 
and Claxton was defended. You know, Ben probably goes up, has a chance to dunk the basketball there. Another play where the Nets are making a run back in this game, tries to throw an outlet pass. I want to say it was to Royce O'Neal. Josh Hart intercepts it. Hart comes down the floor. Ben has an opportunity to contest him at the rim and decides not to. I mean, he literally just decides those are the plays of frustration. You know, there's clearly issues with his health and him not being 100%, but it's the effort plays and the lack of engagement. And like you said, you don't know what to do. It's like, man, you have to earn your minutes back. That's what you have to do if you want to be a star player. Like, I I really just... Ben just likes to feel sorry for himself sometimes. And yeah, maybe he's had some bad luck with some things and injuries and things off the court. But at the end of the day, I'm sure a lot of players have, and they've bounced back better than Ben. Yeah, 13 minutes, one or two from the field, three rebounds, two assists, a block, minus four on the night for his two points. The BS report continues to be sorry listening. Hopefully it can improve. I said that last time, but I don't know, Nick. Any... You can provide some any other extra thoughts, Nick. I, I, I've had enough talk about this one, Joe. I, I'm done. I, I'm done. Nets, well, we can get back up. Mikhail, the Twins, will to get us there. Spence, hopefully, Cam. Jacques, figure some things out, my guy. Yeah, Spence, pass the basketball. Involve your teammates. You're a point guard. Um, after that, I think uh, we can wipe this one away, throw it in the trash, move on to the next game, and hopefully we see a better performance. Jack, always a pleasure. Big thanks, everybody, for listening. Check the buzz on all streaming platforms. The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com